Welcome to the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us every week as we interview industry leaders and experts to uncover the ways they're finding sales success today. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. How is everybody doing this week? Oh my goodness, my friends, my friends, my friends. It's another week, eh? Anyway, I don't know. Time flies by. That's all I got to say. I'm glad you're back. I really am. Uh, You know, it's like every day, every week, every month, every quarter, we have to sit back and say, so I'm still in the sales game, eh? What keeps me here? I, I remember the first time I got into it, I had no clue what I was doing. Like, I literally had no clue, and I was thrown to the wolves. But I look back, and I look at the training. was horrible. I told you, you all know this. I still cop years. But I reflect back on what they did that first job. And it was like, here, here's, here's how the, the copier works, right? Do we have duplex? We have collating. You know, we got a – and here's the different price points, right? And here's the supplies. And you should always try to upsell on the supplies. And uh, that's it. Now, here's your patch. This is your territory. Go out and work it. You just go door to door. And we'll, we'll, we'll let you shadow somebody for a day. And there was literally just that. You can shadow somebody for a day. And here's your binder with your pitch deck. It's all this way you have to follow. And that was it. This is some total of my training. It was an hour or two at the most. I mean, because it's not too hard copiers at the end of the day, right? Oh, if you want to know more, here are the manuals. <laughs> not making that up. Go ahead, sink or swim. Um, and it was interesting. I remember early on how, you know, the first few months sucked, right? So they always do. They suck as you try to figure it out. And especially when it's your first gig, you're, you're still trying to figure out what the hell it means to be an adult and pay bills responsibly and get to work on time. It's not like you're in school anymore where if you wake up late because you're out too late the night before, you just skip the class. Like this is now your ass is on the line. And, um... So a lot of growing up there at the same time you're doing skills development. <clears throat> and I remember I had it was about three, four months, and I had a really good month. I mean, it was a really good month. I was really proud of myself. I closed a lot of business. Um, but then something happened. It was the next month, I had nothing. I had, and I had nothing for months because I had actually depleted my pipeline. I got so caught up. You know, the cardinal sin we all make. You get so caught up in actually building your pipeline, and then I'm sorry, and then and then working the deals you've 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 built. Now you got to close them, right? Is that you stop building your pipeline? And there was a huge lesson for me. And I remember, you know, again, I I used to listen to a lot of Zig Ziglar in the car on the on the cassette deck, driving from appointment to appointment. And he talks about that. You, know, you have to always be building your pipeline. You cannot take your eye off that price. And what Ziggs was teaching me. Uh, and what the School of Hard Knocks was teaching me is that if you stop planning your business, stop planning your pipeline, stop planning a month, three months, six months down the road, it will kick you in the ass and you will be poor for three to six months until you get that pipeline back up and mature again. And that was an expensive, painful, hard lesson to learn. So there was that. And then I, re- I you know, so I, I, I tackled that. I figured it out. And then it was interesting, the first time I became a VP of sales and marketing, and I really owned the whole team, I got to live that all over again. And I thought I was past that. 
The difference was I was living it all over again because I was living it through my team who were making the exact same mistakes I were. Net, net, what do you take away from this? What you take away from this is that if you're going to be successful in sales, it's just not about the right sales skills. It's about actually approaching your territory, your patch, your quota with a, a mindset. I mean, here we are a mindset again. I, you guys are tired of me talking about mindset, but I'm going to use the word again. It's cliche. A mindset about this is this is your business. You own it. No one else, you, you know, you can't count on marketing. You can't count on inbound. You can't count on other, you know, leads to be flipped to you by sales. Those are all bonus. You have to have the mindset that those are bonus. And if I get a grand total of zero from anything else, no more leads, no more opportunities, that I will still make my number on my own. And you got to be looking not just at the account levels and the opportunities now, but you got to be looking longer term. And it's interesting because... I remember having a conversation with somebody recently. He talks about, uh, you know, are, are, so sales, sales skills. We're talking entrepreneurs. We're talking, you know, like 1099s. We're talking teams. And actually, it was a conversation I have with an individual you're going to meet today. And, and I was, it, was, it, was a great, it was a great touch point because it's like, well, you're right. Because a 1099, independent, you know, an independent uh, sales rep understands that it's, they, they, they eat what they kill. So they better have a lot of, you know, traps set long term. Because there's no other, you know, base salary guaranteed for many of these people. Uh, same for CEOs, same for entrepreneurs. But the salesperson on a sales team who has perhaps a, a, a draw available to them or a base salary available to them, they can get comfortable. And that's, that's the kiss of death. And that's when you might decide that sales isn't for you. And yet the irony is, if you would just treat it your patch your number as a business, like a CEO does, like an entrepreneur does, you wouldn't be in this situation. So how do you do that? If this is your first time selling, then you've never been a CEO or an entrepreneur before, I'm going to guess. So let's bring the best of all those worlds together. And that, my friends, is where Rod Santo Massimo comes in. He's with uh, Massimo Group. You can check him out at Massimo.coach. That's M-A-S-S-I-M-O, Massimo. And uh, he's pretty cool. He's, uh, he's got a national best-selling book out there, Knowing Isn't Doing. He's a, and I love the way he, he positions this. He says that we've assisted our clients in building thousands of six-figure businesses. All right, so that's not a bad gig. Hundreds of seven-figure businesses. That's interesting. And then even eight-figure businesses. So this is the cat who understands how you should be approaching your number like a business, like an entrepreneur. And we're going to hold your hand through it today. Rod, my friend, welcome to the show. Daryl, love to be here. Thanks for having me as always. Oh, my friend. You know, here's the thing. People may not know. Um, now, if this is your first time seeing Rod, all right? So again, multitask. Go to his website, massimo.coach. Check him out. Follow him on LinkedIn. You guys know the drill. Do it. But here's even more exciting. Rod is going to be at the Outbound Conference, outboundconference.com. You can watch it virtual. You can be there live and in person. That's right, live and in person. So if you like what you hear today and you think Rod's a pretty cool shit, then you need to hook yourself up with Outbound. Because, one, you get to see Rod again. Two, you get to see a whole bunch of other people who are really smart. Brought. These are salespeople teaching salespeople. So check it out up on conference.com. Um, Rod, talk to me 
about how, you know, how did you get here? I got to ask you that. What's, what's the story behind where you said, I need to help um, these people uh, build their businesses because it's all about the revenue, you know, uh, pipeline, if you will. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me. And you're absolutely correct, Daryl. If you're not going, folks, to Outbound, you better be there virtually. It's going to be an amazing, amazing event. Um, as far as how I, how I got here, you know, I did that thing like a lot of folks out of school, out of grad school, started doing jobs, employee, uh, different sectors, then did some entrepreneurial stuff, failed, more employee, more entrepreneurial, more failure. I did the whole roller coaster of career. Until 2008, during the Great Recession, I guess we call it now, um, I was a high-ranking high executive in an international company. And the way I got there was, and this is my superiors told me, you, you, Ron, you're treating this like it's your own company. I said, yeah, that's, you know, I don't employ That's how I felt. So that gave me more opportunities, and I got way up there in the ranks until, of course, the Great Recession when I was told, hey, we love you, but you're gone. <laughs> right? So uh, like, our, like our friend Jeb Blunt had the same uh, situation, right? We love you, but you're gone. So um, I said no more with this working for someone else. I just that was my mindset at the time. It's about mindset. So I said, you know, I think I could help other people with all the failure I had. I think I'm ready to build something. So in 2008, we start, I started building the Massimo Group. Daryl, the group was me, let's face it. Of course and it then, is, good uh, marketing. Of course it is, right? So, so along the journey, you know, today we have, I think, 33 coaches across North America. Um, we have, we've served thousands, 3,500 plus clients, and we just help people build the business and life they desire. Now, the way I did that was, I took that same attitude of, okay, I'm by myself initially, but what am I going to do? And that was, I realized I need to be the CEO and therefore I need to have five divisions like every company has. And yes, I was a janitor as well. Don't get me wrong. I was, but I took the perspective of, I'm not just selling now. I'm trying to build something. And when you build something, you got to take a step back and say, what am I trying to build and how am I going to build it? And we can get into that, Daryl, but then that's where it got me to realizing the CEO mindset and start producing really high revenue sales to where we are today. All right. So let's start with that. So you talked about, you said something very key there. You said I had a CEO mindset and I want to explore that a little bit. What does that mean? Again, if I'm someone who's 25, 28, maybe 30 years old, I, I, don't, I, I may be trying to sell to CEOs when I get on the phone with them. I am so out of my league because they're just in a different world of life experience and responsibilities and context that I, I, I have imposter syndrome and I really doubt myself here. So with, with that as the, the backdrop, how do I develop my own CEO mindset when I'm not even sure, honestly, what a CEO truly does day to day? Okay, so let's, let's break that down. What does the CEO do? He runs a company. What's a company? Every company, I don't care if you're Amazon or you're Joe Plummer or whomever. Pick the coolest CEO you know. Now, this generational gap of your listeners, some might say uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Mark Zuckerberg, some of you might say. Some may say Jeff Bezos or whomever else, right? Pick the coolest CEO you know and say, what are they responsible for? Well, every company has five divisions, right? So you, think of you having five divisions. First one's obvious. What's this call about? Sales. You have a sales division. There are certain things you need to do in sales, and we'll get into that, to really generate revenue. There are, we'll talk about exactly what that is. Then, of course, there's marketing. Now, people think sales and marketing are the same thing. 
They absolutely are not. Just not. I mean, sales is prospecting. Marketing is presence. So you have to ask yourself, how am I building my presence in my marketplace amongst my prospects and influencers and clients? So that's a marketing element, right? So you got sales and marketing. That's easy. Then you have, of course, finance, as our friend uh, Jeb Blunt would say, pipe is life, right? So how are you financially? What are you building financially? Are you planning as an independent contractor, even as an employee, you know, do you have, are you budgeting? Are you planning? Do you have P&L? Do you look at your numbers? Really important. Then, of course, you have the operations side. And for some, for some folks, operations is as simple as what CRM am I using, Right. We all can tell which one you should be using, but what CRM, what CRM am I using to operate my company? Think about in those terms. And the last one is the obvious one is, is human resources. Now, you might say, hey, I don't have a team. I don't, I don't need that. No, but you've got to increase your own value. You have to motivate, train, retain yourself in many cases. And some of you are building teams. That's a whole thing. So if you think about that, if you look at every day and saying, OK, how am I doing on sales, marketing, finance, operations and human resources? and you plan your day and months and quarters out based on those five elements, you'll start building a business versus just focusing on one thing, which is generally most of you sales. And then you fall into that trap of, of course, we all know as the transaction treadmill, where you're just focusing on doing deals, but you're not growing anywhere. So those are the five divisions, Daryl. So I love that because when you initially said five divisions, I went in my mind, I'm going, so what those five divisions? And I thought sales and marketing right away. I thought finance or ops. And I like that you use the word ops. I think that's actually a better word. Uh, but then I was stuck between was this going to be HR or was it going to be like development? And I, was, and I was curious. So you didn't say development. So because you see because I could be developing content. I could be developing software. I could be developing widgets. Who the hell knows, right? But I think about, I think about you. And I'm just I'm projecting here. I could be wrong. But if, if you're all about coaching and training, then I'm going to assume you're going to be developing, you know, new content. For example, COVID hits. Okay, this is how you sell when everybody works from home. So there's a development aspect. Is that something you would have put into the, your, your business or is there a reason you left that off? No, I put that in ops. Operation you put that in ops. Is, okay, that's what I was wondering. Creating and that development, I put there. Great, great point, though. But yes, and you're right. <laughs> we did create new programs when COVID hits. You're absolutely correct. Absolutely. And but that's the whole point, right? Because even I'm thinking from a sales point of view, because um, you've said, well, you said a whole bunch of here. Look at you know, operations. Uh, you've said develop. You know, we talked about development, right? Creating new content. That, that could be for a sales rep. That could be, hey, listen, the world has changed. COVID has hit. Or in your case, you know, 2007, 2008, we had an economic crash. How does that change my outreach? How does that change my script? How does that change my uh, lead development, right? All of a sudden, maybe I refer a hell of a lot more on referrals. Or maybe now I'm just going to go milk my base and ride it out and focus on the install base as opposed to new business. All of that is all part and part of operations. What I also like about the operations part, you mentioned CRM. I'll expand a little bit of that and say it's not just CRM. It's actually your whole tech stack. So for a sales rep, if you have access to tools like you know, conversational intelligence, like a, like a, a gong or a chorus, right? That's going to tell you, are you listening too much? Are you talking too much? Are you missing triggers? Are you got a lot of filler words? All those kind of tools that are all required 
to improve because when you run a business, you know, nobody wants a, a trend line that's flat or going down. They want a trend line that's going up. And if you can make it a hockey stick, God bless you. We love you even more. So it's always about improving your operations, not just being status quo. Now, you said a whole bunch of things here and you made it in passing. You said, plan your day, your months, your quarters. You're going to build a business. So help me understand that. If I'm a sales rep, I'm going to say to you, Ron, I love you. You sound like a really nice guy. Um, but you know, I'm just, I'm just a sales rep and I'm part of a team and my boss tells me what to do. How can I plan my day, my months, my quarters? I don't get it. Yeah. Well, (laughs) again, if you're an employee, but what, what are the goals? You know, look, hopefully your boss is asking you and, and cares about your personal, uh, professional and financial goals. Hopefully they do, you know, versus here's the quota, go make it. Right. That's just an environment we would try to strive for. But you should have your own personal, financial and professional goals. You got to set them out where they look like. And it's all revenue based. Right. So I make these goals, make these goals as I create this revenue. If that's where it's based on, then let's start tracking the metrics to get to that revenue. Yeah, it comes down to metrics, lead metrics, lad metrics, as far as what exactly we're going to do. So, for example, Daryl, our coaching clients, we do track metrics, you know, simple metrics, calls attempted, completed, meetings scheduled, proposals provided, contracts, depending on the industry, different different metrics. But I'll share this with you. If you're not tracking your metrics, you're in trouble. You just are. In fact, we found that the clients that we work with that agree to track their metrics, they don't make a little more than those that don't. They actually make three to four times more than those that don't track. So I would say, let's, if from a goal standpoint, let's figure out as an employee, what do you want to make? Let's break it down to, for lack of your term, quotas, if, you, if that's what it is. But I want to know the whys behind everything. Why financially? Why professionally? Why personally? And then I can craft a plan and say, this is how we're going to go out and do the day. As far as your day is concerned, once I know what you have to do, then I'm going to allocate some time every day back to... Um, Gerber, right? Everyone's read Gerber, I'm sure. Um, How much are we working on the business versus in the business? During the day, I'm going to work in the business probably 90% of the time. But 10%, I'm going to make sure I'm improving. I'm working with people like Daryl and others to say, you know, am I saying this? They're saying that. I'm doing this. I'm getting that. these, these These are the blocks I'm having. And by the way, none of us, no one on this call can know what your obstacles are unless you track your numbers. We just can't. So, dude... I'm going to share a story with you um, because you're just resonating with me. So one of the things we do here at Vanilla Soft, I've never really shared this. So every single rep here at Vanilla Soft, um, I love love your reaction to this one, is tasked every single week with listening to to that week's inside, inside sales podcast. And then they share with the team a one-ish minute video of what they got out of that week's episode. So every single rep here at Vanilla Soft is going to be criti- oh, critiquing what you're saying right now, Rod. And they're going to be listening to me as they listen to me, you know, in real time, say, as I'm talking to you right now, going, where the hell is Daryl going with this? I'm feeling awkward and uncomfortable. Um, one of the things that I have said to them on multiple occasions, and I think a lot of reps, not, 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 not just Vanilla Soft, like reps across the board, Nod their head at this, but don't actually do it. You've just hit it. One is 
you got to be tracking the data. But two is you've, I'll go one step further, is you've got to be analyzing the data. I see too many reps go, oh, yeah, I, I, I did the, you know, I had this many activities yesterday, phone, email, social, what have you. Yeah, I could probably do some more, you know, whatever. I should probably, probably do some more social. Um, yeah, I don't ever actually see them analyzing it, right, and being intentional about their approach. Ooh, my activity numbers are dropping, like I look at us, you know, we we're, we use an account-based philosophy and I can look at specific reps whose account-based activity, in other words, reaching out to their assigned target accounts is goes lower and lower and lower and lower. And in my frame of mind, that should be a warning sign to you. If you're looking at your data and you're seeing that your outreach to the account-based marketing stuff is going lower and lower and lower, then that means my pipeline is going to get smaller and Target accounts tend to have a higher deal size than just inbound activity. Inbound activity tends to be a lot smaller as a whole. Um, so I should be worried about my pipeline and my business, to your point. And I should be saying, what do I need to do to do this? Which kind of gets to the next point. I, I, you talked about plan your day. And I made a comment about saying, well, that's time management. That's about being intentional, not reactive. You used the comment, how much uh, you know, are you working on the business versus in the business? And I find a lot of people are working in the business and giving short shrift as you're working on the business, which again goes back to the data and the analysis and being intentional. So if I'm not a numbers person, which is ironic because I'm in sales and it's all about the numbers, how do I adopt that mindset? Some of the issues I see are people do simply, they're going through the motions as opposed to really making an effort to have a repeatable process. Well, that's how business scales, folks. Business scales when you have a repeatable process that's full of efficiencies. And that could be as simple as time management, as planning your day, as planning your calls, and following a repeatable process as opposed to winging it. So how do I teach somebody these skills? How do you teach an entrepreneur these skills? Because a lot of entrepreneurs are a little bit ADD. Oh, this you want to buy? You want to buy? You want to buy? And I'm reacting. So, so how do you teach them to step back and control their day, control their quarter, control their year? Well, let's, let's just talk about, you brought it up, production time management. Let me give you a really simple acronym this works. I mean, we, we do this for our clients. I do it personally. This works. So the, the, the goal of everyone, salesperson, imagine this. Imagine if you got paid every day. Every day that you work, <clears throat> and hopefully those you don't work, you get paid. So the question you have to ask yourself at the end of the day is, of course, was I paid today? Was I paid today? If you can answer yes to that question, you're going to make a lot of money. Let's face it. Your company's going to make money. Everyone's going to be happy. Everything's good. So what does that mean? So let's break it down. I paid. I paid. Acronym. One, I. Of course, identify. Identify who you're calling that day, what you need to do. Identify every day the top list of people you're going to call. Now, there's a, there's a simple mathematical way to figure out who you should call every day for an entire year, but just identify. So have a list of every day you know, I got this list. Obviously, P, I paid, I paid, P, prioritize. Prioritize those nuggets you've got to do first. Eat the frog, all that good stuff, right? What do I got to do? Those top three, five accounts, players, people, things transaction-oriented, I got to get done. You're prioritizing. A is allocate. 
based on who you are, if you're by yourself or in a company or team, you allocate time, blocks of time in your schedule. You allocate people, right? Delegate things out. Or you allocate money. Sometimes you need money to get certain things done. If you're an IC, more approach to you. So identify, prioritize, allocate. Second, I and I paid. Hardest one of all, implement. That means you're disciplined and dedicated to look at your day. You've allocated your time slots for prospecting, to follow up, to research, whatever you're doing, right? And you're implementing that. You're not letting it interrupt you because it's so important you do that. And finally, the D of I paid is either you're going to delegate it to someone else, you can, or you're going to delete it from your day. Delete it. Now, you notice I didn't say defer, right? I'll do that tomorrow. That's a deferment. The problem when you say I do it tomorrow and the next day I'll do that tomorrow, it becomes demotivating. Something that's just, uh, it's just a, it's, it's a stress for you. So we don't say defer. We never say defer. So either identify, prioritize, allocate, implement, delegate, or delete. If you do that every day, every day if you do that and you ask yourself, was I paid? We have found pipeline gets full, volume goes up, quality clients goes up, profits, production, it all works. All right, so let me throw one at you. So a good CEO, a good entrepreneur, also knows when a pro recognizes eventually when something's not working. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if they have people on their staff, that could mean a process improvement process or an actual dismissal because they're just not working. Now I'm a sales rep. I'm a CEO of my own business. How do I deal with myself when I don't adopt an I paid approach when I don't value the P factor, the three P's around prop presence and prospecting, um, proposition, value proposition, presence and prospecting. How do I discipline myself? How do I teach myself? How do I change my behavior? You know, it's funny, your public companies have quarterly reviews, right? With the press, right? And, and then announcements of where their stock is. And then private companies have quarterly reviews or they should. We do, we do, first of all, we do daily reviews at Massimo. We do. My sales team, we do that every day, talk about the pipeline, talk about the prospects, see where they are. And every night on a Slack channel, all our sales associates tell us calls they attempted, calls they completed, conversations they had, contracts they signed. So that becomes competitive. So you know pretty quickly if you're not producing based on benchmarks. You, you just do. So one, re one thing you have to figure out is, how am I producing against expectations, right? You have goals that can tell you right away. If you're doing KPIs, you know your certain key performance indicators, you will know the numbers never lie. Daryl, numbers never lie. People lie, they do, but numbers never lie. So your numbers will tell you where you are. That's why I love numbers. They will always tell you how you're doing. Now, if you're not performing, you got to get help. You have to ask for help because... There's a gentleman, I don't know if you know him, a guy named Nito Quabane, amazing thought leader, and uh, you, can, you all can YouTube him. Um, he says, if you want to become more valuable, you better increase your value. It's very simple. So if you have to work on yourself. You just have to. That's part of the HR division, by the way, right? Am I making myself more valuable? Am I seeking help? Am I seeking training, coaching, books, audio things, whatever? That's part of the process. Now, 
If you are not increasing your value, if you are not increasing your performance, then yes, you may have to ask yourself, is this the right position for me? That's something you just need to ask yourself. Daryl, I'm asking you a question. Do you believe that there are natural salespeople or do you believe it's something you can learn? I believe we have natural attributes. Some perhaps are more relational, some perhaps are more analytical, but I believe it's something you can learn. I truly believe it's something you can learn, but some will naturally be better than others because they have natural gifting. But I totally believe it's something you can learn and I believe it's a repeatable process. And I think the problem with sales is that too many people try to wing it <laughs> yeah, that's a, and so it's funny you're talking about the copy. I was thinking about your, your, your original orientated story of copy machine go out there, yep. shadow this guy, right? So you probably knew every feature and function of that copy machine. I did, but I knew nothing about my, my buyer. Nothing about buyer. Nothing about selling. And by the way, nothing. when I did, when I grew up, I did commercial real estate. And we all learned this is a lease, this is a sale, this is an office building, this is a, yep. these are tenants. But oh, how do I sell my my prospect on that? Uh, just just go go do it. <laughs> go exactly. <tell> yeah. <laughs> now the beauty is we're so much smarter now, and the resources oh, so are much. out there. You know, like outbound conference, a great example. Another, another reason why you should go to the conference and see Rod. Um, we're out of time, dude. I'm sorry, but that's okay. They always say leave them wanting more. Folks, I mean, I have loved today's conversation, the idea of treating your own goal, your own sales goals as a business, whether you're a CEO, an entrepreneur, a 1099, or part of a sales team, you own your business. And it's a mindset. It truly is. Rod has given us a lot. He's called, he refers to it as a CEO mindset, which is how you are the CEO of your business. He talks about the three P's, which is your, what is your value prop? You know, what is your presence, which is marketing? And what is your prospecting doing? That's your sales. But then he, I, I love this. He, he mentions Jeb Blunt back to Outbound Conference. Pipe is life. And so when you're actually, and that's all part of the finance department. So when you're planning your business, it always comes back down to pipe. And everything you're doing is about that pipe, right? And he talked about the accountability, his daily sales reviews he does with his teams. The activity sharing they do publicly. Numbers never lie. It's all about the data. The first thing I did when I became CRO was I implemented a revenue ops team. Why? Because I needed data. Data. I need to make sure we had the data we needed so because the numbers never lie. But most of all, what I love about his point was, was I paid today? I paid. Identify the top list of people to call. Prioritize the important stuff to do first. Allocate time, people, money. Implement your discipline. You're dedicated to prospecting. And delegate or delete it, but do not defer it. So that's I paid. That, my friends, is the one, the only Rod Santamassimo. You can reach him at massimo.coach, at coach. Sorry about that. And But more than anything, just sign up at outboundconference.com. Use VanillaSoft100 for a discount code. You'll love it. Follow him on LinkedIn. In the meantime, we're out of time. I'm Daryl Prale. This is VanillaSoft, and you just listened to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Show. See you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inside Inside Sales Podcast with your host, Daryl Prail. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, we would greatly appreciate you taking a moment to leave us a review on the platform you're listening to the show from today. Also, please feel free to share this program with your friends and colleagues. Thank you. Daryl will be back again next week. 